Welcome to Shane East Meets, which is a special series from the Audiobook Loving Podcast, where I, Shane East, get to meet some of your favorite people from the romance arena of audiobooks. We hope you love this episode, and of course, the Audiobook Loving Podcast is brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hello, Louise. It's it's lovely to have you here on my first ever Shane East Meets. I'm totally honoured. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. So I'm going to address a couple of elephants in the room uh, first off. Uh, first one was, and something y- you have agreed with me on uh, when we chatted, is I sometimes sound in these uh, off work moments when I'm just chit-chatting uh, a little bit drunk. Uh, which... <laughs> I didn't think I said that, did I? You did. You did on a WhatsApp. <laughs> you said, oh. Yeah. A little bit. Um, so I don't know what that is. And I don't know if it's just I get excited and I start laughing and then it all sort of mixes into one. Uh, it's worse. Yeah, it's, you, could be, you could sound worse, couldn't you? I could, what, then like I've had a couple of cocktails already. At yeah. Rock. Yeah, nice. So. It's just such a contrast because <laughs> considering I do voice for a living when I've heard it recently. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, and there's an Aussie twang in there every now and then. Um, well, that's the London thing, isn't it? Because the Australian accent is based on the London accent. I think, it? yeah, because all the all the convicts came over from London, didn't they? <laughs> all the convicts. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any Australians listening, I, I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> to bring that sordid past <laughs> up. Um, it's true. I thought it was because, well, I think I said to you as well, I had some, uh, in London, people would say, where are you from? Like they would, <laughs> they would ask me and I was like, how dare you? I take offense. Uh, and some people before thought Before you Australian. moved to America? Yeah, before I'd even been here. Um, which may, so maybe you're, maybe you're onto something. I have to have a look at that. But I thought it was because I had Aussie friends in, in London and I was like, oh, they're, they're just rubbing off on me. Probably um, more could I don't know or it's the convict story that you kind of <laughs> brought up um but anyway so that elephant so for anyone listening if I sound a little bit tipsy I'm not I just get I think I just get excited when <laughs> 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 oh, I don't have to articulate for work I obviously just throw the cat out of the window just whatever um and the other the other elephant is that is what's your Issue, not issue, that makes it sound very serious. Issue? Um, <laughs> How long have we got? How long have we got? <laughs> what, what is uh, your, I don't know how to put it, thing with regional accents? Um, do you know what I'm talking about? What, that I, d- I don't generally let, I don't, my characters <laughs> don't normally have them. Yes, because for those, for those who don't know, so when you send over a book, you, you send over a, a sort of cast list of main characters and some tertiary ones uh and it normally explains a little bit about them which is very helpful um for us narrators but i think you're the only person i've had who said no regional (laughs) 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 written across the top the cat's out the bag what are you saying why are you telling people this no i tell you um 
Well, one, because if I don't tell you, you do go off on a frolic of your own. <laughs> you do like you do like to add some in, don't you? I do. <laughs> I do. Why? Why can't he be a northerner? Or why can't he be from Glasgow? I don't understand. <laughs> and um, I think generally because it's just easier to listen to if they don't have a regional accent. And then because I'm such a pedant, if the accent's there in one sentence and not in another, I'm going to put that in a correction and go, hmm, your accent was stronger here and you need to okay. make it consistent and then you're going to hate me. And so it's just easier not to have any. And also for Americans listening, I think it's just an easier listen with no regional accent. So, so yeah. it's, not, it's not, I'm not meaning to cause offence. I'm just trying to say, let's keep it simple. Okay. Yeah, no, I always, <laughs> well, because I, I've used them because it used to help me yours uh, like um romance isn't so much because there's generally the main characters and then some friends and then maybe a few randoms but when i used to do more or when i do do more of those like uh, murder mysteries when there's mm. like um, 30 or 40 people i used to oh I, I found it very handy to have a bunch of different accents up my sleeve <laughs> and then it just became a habit and i was like oh well, why not um, but no i was i was always curious uh, with you uh, and the regional accents, but I'm glad we've well, cleared that up. There's no conspiracy. <laughs> you don't hate Northerners. We love them. Love them. <laughs> exactly. uh, now I want. We met for the first time at Rare in uh, we did. in London, yeah, which was lovely. Um, and I've already talked about my takeaway from it uh, with Viviana the other week. Um, but I was I wanted to ask you your takeaway from that whole experience. Obviously, you've done a bunch of them, but I was curious. Well, um, I've done my first signing is actually in the US this year as well. So I did um, Book Bonanza and I did a Copa in New York and um, and then obviously did Rare. And so I did three in really quick succession. And the takeaway really is always just how amazing it is. I'm always absolutely flabbergasted about that's a really British word, probably, isn't it? Flab Gossip. I love that um, <laughs> About how many people come up, come up and really just want to support you and are really, you know, and what's nice is that I, I see people that I've been seeing since my first ever signing that have been reading me since way back, you know, when I first started and how they kept with me, I don't know, because those, those first couple of books, I don't know, they weren't, they weren't the best. So... Um, <laughs> but they stuck with me and um it's just great and i you know it's such a high to see all these people and get to chat with them <clears throat> i just really enjoy it i really enjoy the day yeah well i i think i said to you at the time i was like there's a lot of love in the room and i've, I've said that a bunch of times since which really took me by surprise um, yeah there was a lot of love for you wasn't there ah <laughs> there was a lot no there was a lot of love in general uh and i just i mean not that i expected it to not be like that but i just was really really people uh really uh just love the authors and they love the work and they love the characters and they're really excited about it and i was really... yeah it's really positive isn't it it's yeah. that's the that's the key thing is there's it's just relentlessly positive when there can be a lot of negativity you know not just in you know, we've got drama going on on a worldwide level, but also like in our day-to-day -day lives. So it's, that's just a nice escape for the day. And I think that's probably why people <clears throat> enjoy coming to them. Um, that's why authors enjoy doing them, I think. 
Yeah, if you're if you if you're in a shitty moment in life, then pop to one of those signings. <laughs> advice, because you do walk out with a smile on your face. Uh, I do. Exactly. Um, but on that on that theme, though, is there since you did the US and you did the one in the UK in London, is there a difference with the sort of you know American um, readers, listeners versus the ones uh, rare, which was predominantly UK based people, I think. Yeah, although lots of people from Denmark and Germany are oh. rare, actually. But, um, yeah. yeah, the main difference is everyone thinks I'm whispering. So America. Yeah, they're like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and they all think I'm very formal. So <laughs> You are. <laughs> you are. <laughs> uh, Which is quite weird. All I'm saying is, hi, how are you? How are you getting on? And they're like, oh, Louise, that's very formal. That's what the feedback I'm getting from my assistant. You're being very formal. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's not, I mean, maybe it is in the UK. No one's telling me, but I don't think so. No. But, so, go on. And it's just, um, yeah, so it's louder, I would say, <laughs> um, which you maybe expect a British person to say about an American signing so yeah so everyone's um I have to repeat myself a lot because I'm people can't hear me that's yeah. the main takeaway for me so I end up shouting what I feel like I'm shouting so it's funny. hello <laughs> yeah. it is it's a bit of a disaster really. I need to go next time I'll go maybe mic'd up and it'll be <laughs> I'll have one of those things that they use at the gym class um <laughs> No, I think that's that's an interesting uh, like situation because I had when I first moved to America um, from London, uh, I had that all the t the time. It was exhausting uh, whether I was in Starbucks or whether I was talking, making new friends or whatever. There was a lot of huh, what, sorry, because uh, <laughs> they thought I was mumbling, <laughs> and I just thought I was speaking at a very kind of nice, uh, <laughs> moderate pace and tone. Uh, but no one had a clue what I was saying. And so I've, I've learned to, uh, I think now I speak just generally louder than I ever used to. And it seems quite normal to me. Um, so I bet your UK friends hate you when you come back. You're like, oh, the loud one's going back. Like obnoxious. <laughs> thinks he's so yeah. great. Um, but I did, know, I, did know, I did notice that a lot. Um, yeah, with, the, with just the difference in, in how people speak. And when I made friends here, uh, and literally for the first year, I was just like, I give up. Like, I, no one, I'm making all these funny little one-liners and no one's even hearing me. <laughs> no one's appreciating me. <laughs> because I like these people, but fucking hell, this is driving me mad. Uh, because they just wouldn't hear me because they had such a louder way of speaking uh, that my little <laughs> sort of quips here and there just went by the wayside. Um, so yeah, I think that's a, that's a definite thing. And I learned to just uh, shout really and raise my voice it's not uh, very profound were you hoping for a profound answer from me uh, about the between the american and uk signing well no i think i think along those lines i felt i felt the same in the uk i found because i did a, a small one here um okay. recently and uh it was very small in comparison to rex that, that's like a monster that's humongous um but yeah the, the uh, obviously uh, american um culture like people are just much more outgoing from the get-go i feel like mm. like hey how's it going and oh my god whereas i noticed in the uk in london uh i did people would sort of sort of 
crab shuffle up to me maybe sometimes yeah <laughs> and very it's sweet isn't it yeah it's is. <clears throat> like a shyness to it and the sort of you know and would you mind possibly if you could sign this i know it's an imposition but i'd really like you to uh, so i had, I had much <laughs> that uh except your your fan friend uh leslie <laughs> Leslie, bless her. Did you get away with all your clothing intact, <laughs> She did tell me she wanted to pinch my bum, um, <laughs> which uh, she <laughs> she certainly wasn't shy. Um, no, no one could accuse Leslie, but she's um, like she's a dancer. She's like danced with all all the big pop stars and stuff. So she's oh, she's oh. used to Americans, I think. So maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Well, some Brits are cheeky. They're naturally, they've got that, that cheeky. There's just, I just don't think we're born with it. I don't think it, it's inbred. Um, but yeah, Leslie, I was going to ask you about Leslie, if she's doing well. Um. <laughs> she actually whispered some very, very exciting news, which I'm probably not allowed to say anything, but she's, um, she's um, you know, you'll hear about Leslie. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, good. All right. Look out for Leslie. Does she have a last name? That we should look out she does but i can't pronounce it because uh, <laughs> <laughs> i only sit on facebook so that's the thing i wish everybody came to signings with their full name and their avatar because then i would recognize them from facebook so uh, it's it's <laughs> so i could i could spell it for you well i'm not going to because i get it wrong but um i can't pronounce it <laughs> leslie of the last name that we can't uh pronounce uh, well, yeah. yeah, I look forward to hearing more about Leslie. Maybe next time we chat, you can fill me in if it's public. I will. But I was, that also on that note, I noticed, because I spent the most amount of time at your table, I bopped around a few. Um, good. That's what I like to hear. It was, uh, yeah, it was very nice. I had a lot of fun at your table. Um, and I noticed, I felt like you, you have a very quite chummy relationship with a lot of your readers. Um, and I wondered how that worked. <laughs> Well, I think um, I think being a Brit and then them being British mainly, I think that gives you because there aren't lo there are loads of us, but there aren't. Um, you know, I've been around for quite a while compared to a lot of people that go to those signings, and um, I think I've been seeing those people since what? Well, I suppose twenty fifteen was my first signing, so it's not like ages but um and i just have you know you build up um, a relationship there is a kind of a british banter mm. i think that you can you can get quite comfortable with people quite quickly if you you can strike up that chemistry with somebody so i think there's that and i guess i don't know i just I see the same faces again it's really great to see them i'm really grateful for their support and it's really nice that they come out and even though they saw me last year they come back to the table and wait in the queue it's really you know it's really gratifying really humbling to see that so and i love you know some of them are so funny and they tell me such horrendously personal things about them. <laughs> it's like we're like best mates so <laughs> it's nice it is an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting relationship you end up building with people. I've kind of, on a much smaller scale than you, have experienced some of that over Twitter and stuff. Um, yeah. No, I was just going to say, it's, um, you kind of, you can see the best or worst of people on social media, can't you? And, mm. you know, you can choose to surround yourself by the ones that <clears throat> are giving out their best rather than their worst. So I think that's what 
I try and do. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't think I haven't come across in the romance genre. I haven't come across uh, too many people. Actually, I don't think I've come across anyone really who's been uh, particularly negative. Um, no, I was thinking non-romancy. Yeah, oh, sure. yeah. I got called a got called a poor man's Sean Bean once outside. Oh, of could be worse. <laughs> That's what I thought. I nearly replied to the bugger. I was like, oh, thanks. That's actually a great compliment. I'll take it. how dare you um and oh i wanted to ask your thoughts because i made a joke about this with viviana when i was saying that um i don't know how many people actually knew who i was at your table i knew i I know some did because i'd met them earlier in the day and you know you don't forget a leslie um (laughs) it was um who was it? Yeah, some of them I wondered because you were very gracious and you would pass them on and say, oh, you know, would you like Shane to sign? And then uh, I would sometimes <laughs> look in their eyes and I thought, I don't think she knows who I am, this lady. Sure. <laughs> she's never, she's not done audiobooks and she's, a, she's just saying yes because you've asked her to. Oh. Um, so I was curious what you thought on that. <laughs> I th- well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because like audio listeners are crazy for narrators like they are much more so I think than the authors really they're they follow the narrators more than they follow authors and I know as an audio listener I will find a narrator I like and I'll listen to everything they narrate um but um the, the difference is, and I suppose it is similar for me because I don't show my face on social media that the narrators generally don't have their face on social media and so you know Andy's an exception obviously and there are exceptions but so your face isn't really on social media so they're not going to know who you are so that I mean I think in a way it increases the mystery and can be quite nice and so people maybe even get whipped up into more of a frenzy but at the same time, it means if you're sitting next to me, maybe, you know, maybe d- my dog walk. <laughs> but um, I think it's just about not being on social media. I quite like that because it meant, you know, I went through the big hotel at Book Bonanza and no one bothered me because nobody knew who I was. Whereas Jessica Hawkins walks through the hotel in Book Bonanza and she, literally she can't get two paces without someone right. stopping her because she's all over social media so it's just you know I think it's more to do with the fact whether or not your face is out there or not yeah 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 I've yeah mine's mine's 50 I've taken a bunch of pictures now but on my actual profiles my avatars and things there's always an occluded face half something so I'm kind of yes no out there I guess (laughs) you should really put your Halloween costume picture on I know (laughs) yeah I think that's fucking great (laughs) I've talked. I may, I may put that out on Thursday on actual Halloween. Um, uh, we'll see what people think. Um, and then, what, oh, actually, I meant to ask you. I've never realised how did you and I start working together? Because from my end, you just sort of popped up out of the woodwork uh, from yeah. from Andy from her company. Um, well, because I had. Um... I was looking for, I'm trying to think what was the first book. It must have been Promise Nights, was it? Oh, With wow. you, you, like you, like you'll remember. No, no, no. <laughs> I do know that name, but it's that. a long time ago. Yeah, and it's actually, I've done that recently, so it won't be that one that we worked on first. I think it would be maybe Duke of Manhattan. Yeah. 
So, and I needed a, and I'd previously used Sebastian mainly, I'd say almost all for all my, and um, all my heroes were American. And then I'd written an, a UK hero and needed a voice. And so was trawling through the narrators as all authors do, I think, <clears throat> on Audible and came across you as Ethan Blackstone. So I think my first, when I used to write my like character list would always be like Ethan Blackstone, please. <laughs> that's, it was perfect for me. That's exactly the hero I was going for. And so yeah, I um, asked Andy to put us in contact. Oh yeah. So that's found you. That's how, yeah, I remember now when uh, thinking of it, because uh, I remember on your notes, the Ethan Blackstone thing, because you didn't want it in no regionals and not too posh. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two things yeah. I remember about you. Like, not too posh, even if he's supposed to be like a Duke kind of, or like well to do, it's like, don't make him too posh. And I was like, I get that, because I, <laughs> I don't think it's yeah. as sexy. Uh, <laughs> well, some people like it, don't they? But I don't, I mean, I just think it's not very, Oh, I don't know. I've got a funny thing about what's attractive in a guy and being too posh is a bit like, I, I'm, I could say a number of things that could offend now, so I won't, but it's not attractive from my perspective. So, and, and also it's very, it's, it's, it's less and less the case that you see, you hear very, very plummy accents in the UK. So even if you listen to like Will and Harry, mm. They, I mean, they are posh, but they're not as posh as they would have been a generation ago. You know, they're not the way Diana spoke, for example. Yeah, I think, that, yeah, that's very true. I mean, I've had to think about that doing, doing this job where I was like, I agree with you. And I think maybe that's just a, a British-ism because I think growing up in London, if, yeah, if you spoke too, too well to do, it, it wasn't considered, uh, you know, sexy it was all a bit rah 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 and aren't you posh so there's a bit of classism going on between sort of maybe myself which was lower <laughs> if you're going back in hierarchy <laughs> lower lower class more working class family and sort of you know that that sort of divide there where it just wasn't considered that that um great um but i don't know if americans feel the same because i do find some uh comments on things and they just love the accent and then i listen to that accent and i think god that sounds very I don't know what, like Hugh Grant at his most sort of posh and well to uh, But you know, yeah. their own. Uh. Exactly. And I think what we hear is different to what Americans hear, right? It's the same the, the other way because sometimes I'll be able to pick up regional accents in the US, but sometimes I just won't. I just don't hear it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've, I mean, but just to go back on that point, I've definitely, ever since your comments anyway, I always kind of, even when I had a posh one, because I did Emma Chase's stuff and those are all royals. And oh, I, yeah. Uh, I thought, this, thought the same as you. I kind of looked up Will and Harry and I was like, they don't sound, they're not like typically, you know, heightened RP posh, like, you know, like, no. and like Charles and all of that. It's like, it's a much more, bit more down to earth sort of way of speaking, which I agree, I kind of think sounds a bit more, you know. You're going to be a bit rough and tumble, and you've got to do sex scenes. I just can't do a sex scene talking in a super posh voice. <laughs> it's too funny, yeah. No, that'd be just weird. <laughs> it wouldn't work for me. Um, now, you asked me a question at Rare um, when you said, um, Do I read all the girl parts? Yeah. Um, and I said, I think I. 
You said you I lied. lied. <laughs> 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 you tried to muddy the waters a little, not answer, I think. <laughs> uh, I don't know what came out of my mouth uh, the first time around. <laughs> But uh, I, you know, I, I clarified that I do, I do skim the girl parts uh, and generally, mainly because uh, of time constraints, um, will then just ask the girl, like, you know, about certain things that, you know, might have been more uh, highlighted in their sections uh, and then go from there. But then I did wonder, and wonder what you thought we actually did do, uh, what you thought our process on this end was. Yeah, and I, you know, I obviously would like to think you're so enthralled by the book that you've got to read the girl part. But um, being a realist, thought that maybe that would be too time-consuming on the basis you're doing a lot of these. So <clears throat> I'm sure that you get pulled into a story every now and then and you just have to read. Mm -hmm. But um, generally, I would have thought, I, I think I guess that you didn't. But I didn't, I, what I didn't guess is that you would contact the female narrator and, and ask questions. I didn't realize you were doing that. <clears throat> right. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, to me, that, that's the imperative bit that I then kind of, because I'll have my own notes about who's who and I'll have your notes or author's notes. And then, uh, yeah, if there's gaps missing in my knowledge, then I'll go, um, well, I just always kind of confer and then we swap voices and stuff to make sure that we're at least in a ballpark so we don't, you know, sound completely different even though we are a man and a woman trying to do the same characters which is a bit odd um but nice. works. And, and it's what's weird is that you get some narrators like i'll hear from you a few times during a recording sometimes more if i've made too many typos but then with saskia for example i'll never hear from her just never and then with sebastian i used to hear from him when i used him with andy I'd not very much, but then she'll she'll send me all her typos afterwards. But just um, it's really interesting the process that you go from go through from our perspective because we just don't see that at all. We just get the finished product, as it were. And you talk to me about your prep. Well, I've got to do my prep, so send me the the manuscript now. And I'm like, what prep are you doing? This is terrifying. <laughs> it feels like I'm going to get marked on things. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mean, every, like people have their own systems of, I, I've realized different narrators, like all, like really good narrators all do it all slightly uh, differently. Um, and I, I just, I think I'm a bit old school and I like to mark up a lot of things because um, it really helps me um, get into it. Because there's, you know, on a page, even in a paragraph, there's different beats and stuff. So um, maybe I just don't have the skill to do that. <laughs> on the fly, I have to have it. I have to have it marked <laughs> in. <laughs> I think it's just how I learned to do it, and then I've kind of stuck with it. And I've tried to some books I've not done it or not had the time to do it, and I prefer to do it. So if I can, then that's why I hassle you for a final manuscript. Uh, oh, give me it's okay. Um, I don't mind. I like the fact that you're invested. Invested. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> want to sound like a knob. That's <laughs> I guess it's pride. Um, then the other thing, oh, that was what we also talked about this at Rare, but I wanted to ask you how you write from the male perspective. Um, and you did explain it to me in person, but I don't have it on tape. Yeah, so, I mean, 
it can be different things and each character is different so sometimes you've got an idea of someone who's got the same kind of um temperament maybe from a character in a tv show or um a film or an or a book and then sometimes it's somebody you know and sometimes it's just not at all any of those things or it's a combination of all those things um but generally i I've worked, you know, as a lawyer for a long time, worked in a very male-dominated environment for a number of years. So kind of I'm very used to that. Um, very used to being surrounded by these suits and by these guys who obviously aren't as attractive or commanding or, you know. <laughs> People from your past <laughs> listening to this saying, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> no they're probably all going yeah true no but um no all that it's interesting all the guys who I've known from you know who knew me before I started writing or assume that I'm writing about them they all go oh so do what do you is there anything about me that you use they all assume that I'm like yeah and it's bizarre it's absolutely bizarre there's only ever been one woman that said am i a character inspiration for you but um yeah that's mainly, classic ma male ego i think isn't it <laughs> <laughs> like oh it's, it's all about us obviously uh yeah the little lady is talking about me <laughs> i know exactly i've always had a secret fantasy about you that i've put into a book <laughs> um so yeah so it's just generally you know being surrounded by you know, people of, of a similar kind of profession or, mm. I don't know, um, then none of them are as amazing as the characters you're going to write. Otherwise, you wouldn't write them. Um, but, um, yeah, it's just being surrounded by those people, I guess. And <clears throat> I, you know, I have a lot of guy friends and I chat to them and I often will ask them questions that, well, why would you say this? And why, you know, why would you, what would you think if a woman did this to you? <laughs> My drive <laughs> by doing that. Would you think she was crazy if this happened? Kind of thing. Um, yeah. in fiction, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's interesting because obviously, I think we discussed, uh, you know, men and women do obviously think and speak differently. And I've always found your writing very, very good on, that front like very believable for me to even when it's very emotional like men kind of uh i mean we are emotional too <laughs> um and I, I believe it like when i read your stuff as i but you know internal thoughts and things like that um i like it so that's why i was always mm. curious i'm gonna um, take that as a yes yeah yeah, yeah it is because it is it's interesting because it's i think i don't know from a writer's point of view but from a recording it you know i'm not writing the words of the female characters but i also i have to make them sound you know believable um you know in, and the, so the listener can lose themselves in those uh in me pretending to be you know sarah or whoever whoever i am you know what i mean so it's, it's kind of just an interesting divide of like how you kind of yeah that's interesting that you have to basically be a woman and a man <laughs> <being yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I was meant to sound slightly more profound than it did, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that love. You have to be a man. It sounds like something your parents would say. You'd be like, oh, like he pretends to be a man and a woman. Uh, that's what he does for a living. And then the neighbors are like, what? Um, actually my the one that moved to LA, that one. <laughs> well, I don't think my folks, my folks don't know about the romance so much. They ask me, don't like, they? no, not that I wouldn't tell them, but. Um, 
that they just I don't know they're just very English they're like oh how's work I'm like oh it's good yeah busy <laughs> like doing a bunch of books done some promos on some this and video game oh no lovely as long as you're having a nice time is my mom's phrase <laughs> uh, and then we move on but, but also in the UK we don't really accept that we read romance we don't have the genre we don't call it romance we call it chick lit really mm. and romance is seen as kind of very much the kind of harlequin-esque kind of books they just the stuff i write really is seen as chiclet i think right um so i think there'd be it's harder to explain in the uk that you write romance because i always say oh i write kind of romancy chiclet and I go oh chiclet okay and that, or i say holiday beach reads and they're like oh okay because i, I like really that care. one holiday beach reads <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm gonna use that <laughs> for that on a card <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it is more difficult in the UK to explain it. In the US, it's much more, you know, it's the biggest selling genre and oh, wow. Well, I think, like, historically, I'd say, uh, growing up, I, you know, we had, uh, for American listeners, we had Barbara Cartland. Yeah, exactly. Was <laughs> romance. <laughs> who was I a lovely older lady. Be, yeah, I aspire to be Barbara Cartland and... And lie on back on my sofa dictating all my books while someone feeds me grapes and I pet a like a a, a chihuahua or something. Yeah, for anyone <laughs> listening who doesn't know who she is, just Google. <laughs> Google Barbara Cartland uh, and you'll see it. So there's lots of pink, I feel, lots of flowy fabrics and big white hair is what I remember. Um, Literally me in like 30 years. <laughs> she was the sort of doyen of, of romance, right? Like that was what, if you said romance, it was sort of Barbara Cartland or maybe, like you said, Harlequin sort of old school dukes and ladies or else there yeah, was Jackie was Collins. Well, Jackie Collins was, um, she wasn't romance. She was um She was bonk naughty. Buster. Yeah, she was bonk what? busters. A bonk buster she was. Bonk buster. Yeah, instead of blockbuster, <laughs> you'd have bonkbuster. So Jackie Collins and then Judith Krantz. And I loved all those books. I absolutely, instead of studying for my A-levels, I read all those books, like, constantly. Jilly Cooper. I never liked her, because that was all very posh, wasn't it? And Jilly Cooper's very posh. Sorry, Jilly, if you're listening. <laughs> I didn't, I don't know. I never read any of I actually, my mum had them. That's why I laugh, because uh, my mum had some Jackie Collins. She had, a, she had the old bonk buster. Uh, shamelessly, shamelessly on, on the bookshelf. Like in yeah, the... it was totally acceptable. Right. So she would, you should give her some audiobooks that you've narrated. That wouldn't be awkward at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas. Uh, have a look at this. Let's talk about it on Boxing Day. Um, yeah, I think my Christmas is very bizarre. But see, I always, equate, I always equated contemporary romance to more Jackie Collins and um, not, I don't know Jenny Cooper, but I did read a bit of one of mum's Jackie Collins when I was sort of younger and curious. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> you learned a lot didn't you? I, I did i was like mum <laughs> um but i always equated them to that but you're saying they're not really that because well you're definitely well, not then, blockbusters yours aren't bog 
bonk busters, I'd say. Well, I think all it was in those, like in the 80s when all that was the rage, I think um, they were like big, you know, in terms of pages, they were like double the size of the books mm. that I'm writing and they were quite plot driven and it was all glitz and glamour. And so I think it was, um, and the romance was a big chunk of it, but it wasn't necessarily the central conflict. So I don't think they were, they definitely had sex in them, they definitely had love stories in them, but they weren't, they were all about kind of, you know, making it to the top or, you know, defeating a rival or that kind of thing, I think, mm. from what I remember. A bit dynasty-esque. Yes, that's exactly right. It's dynasty in a book. Right, or dynasty, as my because my American dynasty. friends hate it when I say dynasty. <laughs> They're like, "What are you talking about?" Um, <laughs> um, okay, and then, well, leading on from that, then, since now we live in a very different world from the Bonkbusters, what do you? I always wonder with authors sometimes: do you write with audio in mind now? Maybe even if you didn't at the beginning, because uh, the industry's changed quite a lot. Well, do I, do I, do I? Um, I Interestingly, I, know, I don't know if I should say this, but I tend to, if I know that, yeah, I, my last five, eight books have had all the sex scenes from the male point of view. Mm. So I suppose I do a little bit because I know that audio listeners love to hear you and Sebastian, etc narrate the sex scenes <laughs> you'll be pleased to know they are all written um knowing that that's gonna please the audio listeners so i suppose i do in that sense i also at the moment i'm trying to i really i love julia whelan i don't know if you know her she's oh, yeah. just an amazing amazing narrator who i'm yeah. totally got a girl crush on and i would really like to write an american um female in my next in the book that I'm planning at the moment and my editor and I are fighting about whether or not she should be American or British. So um Jury's out at the moment. But if she turns out to be American it's because I want Julia Whelan to narrate her. Mm -hmm. So um so that yes in that sense. But I don't think on a line by line level I do. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, it does. And it's interesting because that leads on because I was going to, I wondered if it had changed your attitude to writing a little bit, knowing like the sort of vast market of audio and that, but you answered that in that you generally write the sex scenes from the male point of view, because that does appeal uh, in audio more to listeners. Um, yeah. But I didn't, I would say that I, yeah, I, I didn't, from my reading, um, you don't seem to write um for it to be spoken in terms of some some authors write with a lot of commas they kind of write in a way that's almost as if you're speaking do you know what i mean um i don't know if that's a very good way of putting it well i think probably my earlier work was more like that um and my editor had eaten out of me um <laughs> i don't i do not write with commas and actually it's another thing that my editor and i fight about is that i just in the in the british school system we are and in the legals you know when you're learning to become a lawyer you are taught to use commas very sparingly and yes. um and in the u.s they i mean they scatter them about like birdseed i mean it's everywhere 
So I'm, yeah, I'm definitely comophobic as my copy editor will testify to. Um, and I have definitely got less, I'm quite dialogue heavy, but I've got less dialogue than I used to have, I think. Mm. Um, so I'm constantly work, working on my narrative because I think that's my weakest part of my writing. So um, that's probably where I spend more time at the moment. I don't know. Is, does that answer your question? I don't know really what you mean about people writing as they... Well, I think some of it is what you just touched on, is that some of it's, some of it's a difference between uh, writing uh, British people writing English and American English. Um, yeah. Because I've noticed that across the board in my other work that's non-romance, is um, British authors don't use a lot of commas at all. Like the no. sentences are a lot more, they'll, they'll run and I have to put more commas in because of breaths. So I have to yeah. like, add them in because <laughs> I don't have like, <laughs> that my capacity, lung capacity isn't, <laughs> what's it, that famous Olympic swimmer. So, um, so yeah, so I, I guess some of that is that, but then definitely some authors I feel maybe some of the uh, maybe newer ones or just some that are very geared to audio um, write a lot more as if, you know, they kind of are, they are putting the commas in to note where you would sort of speak it. Like, oh, yeah, sure, I know, you know, they kind of do, it's, it's interesting. So different people just have different, different, sometimes different ways of doing it. Um, and I, is the, the Americans have this thing where you always put a comma before a name like a, somebody's name <clears throat> and then you really pause on that and sometimes I think I don't really want you to pause on that so because mm. but I so I don't really want a comma there but then if I don't put a comma there my copy editor will put a comma there. <laughs> so I'm kind of like so it's a bit weird isn't it because I often yeah. think when I'm putting the comma and I'm thinking Shane's gonna blim and pause there and I always <laughs> want to do a note do not pause <laughs> oh, next time I will I think I'll know now. I'll remember it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think I now also I have a hybrid sort of English American way of writing, uh, which probably uh, has a lot more sort of commas or just a different way of doing it. And some things yeah. just aren't. They're just technically incorrect here that you know yeah. what to do in the UK. And then here it's just bad grammar if I do them. So yeah that, that's and it's a difficult for me because obviously the same version of the book goes to the us as goes to the uk and so i have to my grammar is um i have a copy editor who is american and my grammar and spelling is american as american mm. as i can comfortably make it but it's it's not how i grew up punctuating my sentences mm. me? so it's a bit awkward for me and I do it that way because obviously Americans are my biggest readers but also I find the British are much more used to Americanisms and yeah. a bit less um a bit more you know they're they're like oh there's a few extra commas that's fine with us kind of thing yeah yeah well it's and it's interesting there's even other books in other genres that sometimes I'm surprised when uh, publishers give me I know they've given me the British version and we record it for the American market because uh, a, a lot of the colloquialisms are still in you know the loo yeah. and this and that which used to always get taken out uh, but I've noticed a bit more or maybe it's just that publisher like they're happy to just do the full British version which is very British to me um, but I don't know if yeah and I notice that sometimes because sometimes I often I get 
I, I deliberately have an American copy editor for that reason, because she picks it up and says, I don't know what this means, or mm. you'll need to explain this to an American audience. And, um, but I've noticed when I read some British books, they are, they are very British. And I'm like, no American's going to understand what this means. You know, this is like a random tube stop on the, mm. you know, Bakerloo line or something. But um, <clears throat> they just, but I think, I think maybe it's a bit of a trend that to have these British things that, you know, mm. maybe people enjoy. I don't know. I mean, I try, obviously there are Britishisms throughout my books, but I try and make it so it has context, if you know what I mean. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Just talking <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely. I mean, and I've noticed, you know, some people, like I always change ass, A-S-S, to ask because I just can't. I know. So I can't say it in a British, as a British person. In a British accent. I wouldn't say ass. Sounds strange. But some British boys do say ass. ass. They do. <laughs> that's, a, that's what the kids are saying these days. <laughs> <laughs> Aging me <laughs> drastically <Yeah>. here. <laughs> exactly. And that's another thing. I can't say boys. Like, um, my editor picked me up last, um, must have been Mr Mayfair, and saying, do British men really call each other boys? And I'm like, yeah they do they just that's and so it's a, sometimes you have to it's a it's a constant battle i think between being authentic but mm-hmm. not alienating your audience yeah totally i mean yes i mean that's my day-to-day life is i've i've, <laughs> I've literally had to drop certain things like when i used to when i used to drink coffee i used to drink a mocha and i just got so much flack that. <laughs> oh, you don't understand that like my friends would be like oh my god Marco. Like, and then i sorry i was a piss take of an american accent but uh like cause it's mocha here and i would just is uh, it mocha? yeah yeah mocha That's and even in starbucks I'd, in america i'd get sorry what like i would get asked three or four times and at the beginning i insisted on saying mocha yes i'd like a mocha please a mocha and then <laughs> after the fourth time i was just like oh don't be that asshole who has to <laughs> hold on to your i bridge. think you should be that asshole i quite like that <laughs> i could there were just some i just had to let go of i was like that people don't get it they don't know what it is and that's fair enough i'm in america like i can't expect I start, you know, the Brits abroad, you know, some old school. Like, what do you mean you don't understand? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> but people say no. Lou a lot now. I, th- I feel either they picked it up from the TV, because a lot of stuff like Fleabag's hugely popular here. Um, I don't even know what that is. Oh I literally, God, I had a kid 10 months ago and I literally <laughs> withdrew from the world, basically. <laughs> Oh, right, your next reference will just be cartoons, I guess, for the next few years. Oh, God. <laughs> That's my Speaking brother, anyway. <laughs> uh, no, Fleabags is a British sort of thing, co- uh, TV drama, comedy thing. It's on Prime. I don't know what it's on in the UK, but it's on Amazon Prime here. But uh, yeah, stuff like that. There's, I've noticed a lot of British programs have sort of... And Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey, of course, because we all, we all talk like that. <laughs> I, I take tea every afternoon. Um, with lady i would if i could (laughs) well listen i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you a couple more questions and wrap this up um okay but that just uh i've noticed with you and you said it at the beginning of the podcast when you said um 
that your first couple of books and you said people stuck with you even though you don't think that they're that great uh, I think you're very hard on yourself and I so I was curious as to uh like how much back and forth do you go through is it torturous for you or do you just have you got to a point to be able to just let it go after you know no no I can't I mean it is torturous I can't say it any other way I don't um I, I can you know writing isn't torturous that is lovely and I really enjoy it and um it's the editing process that is killer I have a editor who is a very talented author Elizabeth Dyer who just won the Rita for romantic suspense and she is um an attorney and she's based in the US and we both are very similar in lots of ways so we are both real really hard on ourselves <clears throat> and I'm also a real um important um um, thing for me is to learn and to progress in whatever I'm doing really and one of the reasons that um, I really didn't enjoy law in the end was because I wasn't learning and I wasn't progressing because you get to a point where you're just not and and so why I love to learn all the technique of writing but at the same time it's hard you know doing things not well and trying to improve is difficult um, so um it is torturous and i take at least as long to edit a book as i do to write it um and sometimes longer sometimes not as long but um generally i have to set out the same amount of time to edit as i do to write which is horrendous so i'm trying to do a bit more work up front now but like i'm going through the process now of working out what people's motivations are and what the stakes are and it's hard you know it's really hard to get those things right but when it when it goes right it makes the writing a lot easier mm. and it and people enjoy them book more so it's worth investing the time but I see it as just that as an investment but it is pretty it's hard for sure it's hard yeah 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 and you haven't found as you've gone on that you in the editing process you can you're you're just let it you can let more things go or not let things go but do you know what I mean like you've not been so perfectionist because I used to find myself I speak you know sort of to empathize is that when I was recording over the years I've kind of learned to just go no it's good like it's good like you don't have to kind of beat myself to death about is that right do I like that do I not so yeah I guess I'm projecting I mean, onto you my <laughs> my behaviors and asking yeah you. no I think well, no, I'm not great at that, to be honest. I'm not great at letting things go. I mean, I I accept that no book is going to be perfect. And I accept that I'm not, you know, George Orwell or, you know, I'm not going for the book man booker prize or anything. So it's not that I think I'm, you know, doing this disservice to art by not letting it go. It's not like that. It's more that I'm, I want to learn and I don't want yeah. to... I don't want to be, I don't want to let myself down really. Um, so I do accept that it's not perfect. And sometimes I think, oh gosh, I really don't know that manuscript as well as I should do. And very often by the end of the first pass, so I, you know, you go through various passes as you're editing. At the end of the first pass, I'm like, I don't know this book very well. It's just, I, I couldn't tell you what happened when and 
you know, where, which order this happened. And, and then by the end of it, I'm like, I'm so sick of this book. I want to literally rip it into shreds <laughs> and puke on it and set it on fire. <laughs> and then that's when I know I'm done. <laughs> so guys, please buy the books that she wants to set on fire and puke on. <laughs> no one's going to buy my books now after they've heard that process. Clear that crazy. <laughs> That's great, though. It's not. It's not. This. I feel like that is the creative process in a nutshell for across the board. I feel you know. There's sort of yeah. There's the beginning of it, and some projects you feel so immersed in. Others, I'm sort of. I get like that. I'm sort of. I'll prep read it, and then I'll go to record. I'm like, who the hell is that? Like what? <laughs> and then it's like, it's like some just seem to come from somewhere, and then others just take a bit more work and then um yeah once i'm as much as i enjoy the books uh once i'm done i'm very glad done. yeah um, and do you know that the worst thing i shouldn't admit this but the most disheartening thing that could ever happen to you is you press publish it goes live and literally five hours later you start getting oh really enjoyed it well, what's next when's your next release oh wow uh, yeah and literally okay i want to kill you now so please step aside it's that I, because it's taken so long to get to that point and it's taken them five hours to read it and you're like oh my god i feel completely exhausted and wrung out yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what you want you want a really quick it feels like a quick read that people love and that's what i'm aiming for so that's brilliant right but at the same time it's it's like it's a bit of a killer on release day. It's a slight double-edged sword, I guess, is the is that point. Um, and it does it does take so much to to create it and then put it out there and then. But it's very flattering, I think, that people are, you know, absorb it and are desperate for amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. Otherwise, just wouldn't. for like that split second, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to take a break, but you can't. Um, <laughs> I get it. And then my last question for the day uh, is just, how is it on your end with the um, the writing community? Is it, do, are you like, are all you authors, all you authors, I know you sound like a strange breed, but um, <laughs> are you all like, is it a close-knit community? Is everybody sort of like, you know, I have an idea from going to Rare, but I wanted to hear from you, you know, or is it super competitive or very, you know, camaraderie or... Gosh, I think it's like anything in life, it's some and all of those things, you know. So I think generally authors tend to be pretty supportive of each other. Um, but of course, we're competitors at the same time. I think that that's, but I'm very used to that environment because as lawyers, you know, your colleagues and competitors at the same time. So, um, and I think, you know, I honestly think that I have not, really had much to do it sounds awful but I've really checked out since having Lenora um and actually I now I've got a full-time nanny and it's a bit bit more I'm a bit more back into it and people are very sweet and they don't they don't hold it against me that I've ignored them for kind of 10 months or 12 months or whatever so but yeah generally people are really uplifting they want to see you do well um, but they they want to do well as well, you know. So it's yeah. kind of. But it's. I think generally, I think authors think it's not a zero sum game that um, you can be successful and the next person can be successful because, like, it takes you know, it takes me three months, four months to write a book, 
and then someone five hours to read it. So there's, you know, there's plenty of, um, plenty of um, that person's going to want to read more than one book every four months. So um, I think you've got to think of these things as, you know, being abundant and not, um, not pit each other against each other, which I don't think generally we do, but there's obviously always going to be pockets of that. Yeah, no, it's it's true. Yeah, I I I I think that's why I've I've enjoyed doing this type of uh, work so much um, along those lines. Is it's not, it's never felt such a case of um, oh, if you win, then I lose. It it definitely does uh, seem like there's space for everyone, and you know, if you're if you're good, then I'll sort of support and promote you, while at the same time I'm doing my best to kind of get out there and do really well as well. And I didn't. I found that less in the the acting environment because yeah, it is a case well, because, of you win or you lose. It, exactly, and that's a zero sum game, isn't it? You either get the you either get the part as Chandler on Friends and make yeah. tens of millions of dollars, or you don't. You know. So, <laughs> yeah, or you're the barista in you know episode number ten uh, of season <laughs> seven. Uh, <laughs> so exactly it's a, it's a strange side but uh yeah oh well i'm glad it's nice to hear that uh, and i think also authors are readers right so they get excited about books they've read and, mm. and i certainly you know the, you know i read one day in december i mean i've read literally three books in the last year and um one day in december my oxford year and i've just read heist of hearts by elizabeth dyer and i've loved all three um luckily but i you know i rave about them because i love them and i'm i'm a re ultimately i'm a reader before i'm a writer right yeah I, and that's that was a surprise to me that uh, a lot of authors uh romance authors would would reference to me other writers and other you know things they liked or characters that are not just stuff that i'd read but um yeah it became apparent to me that people were reading everyone else Definitely. Um, of course everyone's you know everyone's read ethan blackstone so, you oh, know, God, so ethan. i don't even need i don't even need to say the name of the book because everyone knows who that is do you know what I mean? it's, you know author or reader so that's that's what's great about the community it's can be very it's very inclusive it's like a secret club because people don't really know it's it's around you know mm. so it's quite sweet yes well it's uh well barbara cartland it's been lovely talking to you it's been a pleasure thank you uh louise for being the first the first one on my shaney's meets um i'm very 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 pleased to be here and thanks for inviting me Oh, uh, yeah. No, you're very welcome. And for those listening, uh, I just want to say that I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Audiobook Loving Podcast. Uh, you can follow us. Please make sure you do on our social media platforms. Um, also, you can subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. And I mean, most importantly, obviously, please don't forget to submit your this or that questions um, for myself. Uh, all I'll say is cheers. It's been lovely being here with Louise and with all of you. Thanks very much. Thank you for joining us on Shane East Meets, an audiobook-loving podcast special series brought to you by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more info about today's episode or the audiobook-loving series, visit vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. And please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast if, and I really hope you did, you enjoyed today's episode.